Once upon a time, a small town boy from the south traveled across the ocean to the island of love called Cyprus. He grew into a fine young man on a mission to preach the gospel to the whole world. Then, one day, when he least expected it, he met a Polish girl. Risking it all, he asked her out on a church date. It didn't take long before they fell in love and lived happily ever after. Hold on, I missed the best part. They had a son, later diagnosed with autism, which changed everything. Then two years later, they welcomed a little girl with a heart of gold and a will of iron. They were missionaries and autism parents trying to keep the faith and sanity. Each week, they'll share their journey of love, faith, hope, special needs parenting, and everything else in between. Here is The Preacher and the Polish Girl. Welcome back to The Preacher and the Polish Girl. Yes, welcome back, everybody. Today's subject, the first of season two, is fresh off the heels of the release of Sound of Freedom, and we're going to be discussing that today in the Preacher and the Polish Girl podcast. Have you watched the movie? We actually took the family uh, to see this film in person, was it about three weeks ago? Yeah. And that's one of the new things that Michael is able to do which is a, a great blessing to us. We can actually go... Uh, and enjoy the movie. Enjoy cinema. movie together. He actually yep. enjoys cinema. We're able to go to restaurants together, and most importantly, we're able to be in church together. There's a few hiccups every once in a while, but overall, uh, we have seen amazing progress with uh, Michael's behavior and his challenges. And probably one of the biggest changes since we were last with you is we now have two teenagers. Oh, my goodness, yes. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't adopt another child. Nope. Our little girl mm-hmm. turned 13. So these kind of movies, this kind of subject matter, of course, resonates and hits home when we know we live in a state that is considered safe, and it is a safe state, but it still has a city known as Myrtle Beach, which is one of the top trafficked um, places in the country. Yes. So we're going to kind of break down what human trafficking is. We're going to give our review of the movie because uh, we have recorded some reactions and we would like to share it with you and uh, tell you why you should go and see this movie and also how to end human trafficking. Is it even possible? Well, Sound of Freedom was made in 2018 And it was a big issue then, of course, which led to the creation of the film. And it was based on the the story of Tim Ballard and Operation Underground Railroad, this uh, amazing, brave hero, modern-day hero. Not all heroes wear capes was the famous meme, but Mm -hmm. certainly anyone that combats human trafficking is definitely a hero. But it was made in 2018, and despite the... Rumor mill online, Disney did in fact shelve it for five years. Yes. And, and that's actually Newsweek article did a fact check mm-hmm. on that very matter. The claim about the factual history of the movie and 
the kind of whole story and the whole controversy with Disney. It says a, a tweet by a woman named Joy Reborn on Twitter, whose bio says she is conservative and mom has been viewed 193,000 times at the time of writing. In the tweet, she claimed Disney owned the rights to the film after buying 20th Century Fox Film Studios in 2019, but did not release it. And to cut a long story short, they did, in fact, release it. And it certainly is a controversial subject. It should not be controversial to protect children, but we are in 2023, so we know that it is now considered controversial to protect children, not just with this film, but with uh, sexual reassignment and gender choice, all these things. Our children are living in perilous times, and it is a perilous world. And that's why it's important to know what's going on in your world, uh, to support movies like this that confront evil and expose evil. And so Sound of Freedom is a movie that I would recommend anyone to go see. And we're going to kind of give our review now. Uh, Ula, what stood out to you? And when I say what stood out, I mean literally from the second the movie began, even with credits. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, if you remember, the opening credits uh, was showing the real footage of kids being snatched by traffickers, basically just straight from the street and thrown in a van or on the bike and just driving away, which again, now we know that this is not the majority of cases of human trafficking and mm -hmm. uh, child kidnapping. Uh, however, those things happen and it, does it happen. really shook me, just the opening credits really shook me and I felt this, I don't know, I, I started crying just seeing those things as a mother. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just unimaginable pain and grief and just you feel so helpless and hopeless and where's my child? It, it's very scary when you know that even in your little city, your little tiny city, that just recently there was a little girl that someone attempted to snatch in a yes. local very famous, well, famous is the wrong word, I guess just a, a popular convenience store. Right. Um, and of course... There's always suspicions abounding when people pull up to Walmart and they see any kind of suspicious-looking van or van parked, something that's been parked for a while, or, or tinted windows. Or an adult following sure. a mom with a child or a, a group of teenagers. We, yeah. are, we are getting to a stage where it is going to get more blazing. I mean, criminals are getting more brash and brazen they are literally just walking in to major cities in into stores and just literally coming in with their mask and walking out with whatever they feel like and 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 it's like the the, the store clerks and the staff are helpless to stop them and in some cases even facing prosecution or termination themselves if mm -hmm. they try to stop the crime so it is going to get more brazen we are going to have to um really protect ourselves we're going to have to carry mm -hmm. you know that's why we're big supporters of the second amendment because we know that ultimately uh, god has given every family wisdom to protect their immediate family you know as a proud conspiracy realist Mm -hmm. I don't call myself theories because a lot of our theories um, became reality. So another one was masking everyone, especially children. Mm -hmm. How easy was it to kidnap a child? Because you just uh, mask a child. It's a mandatory uh, masking procedure. You go anywhere with a kidnapped child. And even though police releases uh, pictures of kidnapped children, you just see the eyes. And we don't know if the statistics 
we don't know if they've been affected. We don't know if there's been a spike, but it would. I think it would be worth us following up and looking into it. And maybe on our next episode, we can kind of give an update on if we've seen a spike in human trafficking. I know we've seen a spike in suicides and alcohol use and many yes. other things in pornography use. So undoubtedly, there's been a spike, well, a worldwide spike in in, uh, in trafficking. That's what they. Um, that's what they were talking about. Uh, Tim Ballard and Jim Caviezel in interviews that. It's a perfect timing. It's actually a blessing in disguise that the movie was delayed five years because there has been an increase in human trafficking since uh, COVID lockdowns and stuff. And I figured there would be, but I'd like to get those statistics. Sure, yes. And we can and actually kind of, uh, play part of the um, interview um, with sure. permission. Yeah. Now, back to our review. Certainly, the opening credits stood out to us, the real footage, but also the... Yeah, the we interview. Got, we will give a few spoilers, but we don't want to give too many spoilers because sure. we still want you to go and see the movie if you haven't done so yet. But yes, there was this scene in a hotel. And you can <clears throat> see how this would play certainly in impoverished families and uh, children that want to be famous, how that could be exploited for evil. And again, we'll get back to the statistics and uh, who are the most uh, vulnerable and most mm-hmm. possible victims for human trafficking, who they are targeting and who they are trying to groom. But yes, we have to understand and we have to accept that this is absolute evil uh, in its uh, prime form and it must not just challenge us, but we as a culture, as a society, uh, people of faith, now certainly we we are people of faith. We're Christians. We are followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all people of faith, all people of of uh, j- just uh, law-abiding citizens, need to confront this evil. Now, just to give you some statistics, yeah, these are statistics you can easily find yourself. Uh, but if you want to know just what's happening in the world right now, there's an estimated twenty-seven over twenty-seven million victims worldwide at any given time. Human traffickers that prey on people of all ages, backgrounds, nationalities, and so uh, yes, it, it was last reported in 2021 that there was close to 50 million people living in modern slavery, and that breaks down to about 27 million that were in forced labor, and then the 22 million who were in forced marriages. We know that California is the number one state in our republic for human trafficking. Yes. Uh, we know that there um, Again, is- um, we think about L.A., we think about uh, Hollywood, and uh, it's a known fact that Hollywood is known for grooming yes. young actors and actresses. And yes, it's... In, in the U.S., there's approximately 14,500 to 17,500 people that are trafficked in to the United States each year. And, of course, there's a lot of brutality involved, a lot of sexual violence. Often they do not have clothing, shelter, uh, sleep, uh, basic necessities. And we we anticipate, well, not anticipate, but we, uh, the the statistics say that there's about 1.2 million children worldwide. Children, not including adults. Each year. Yes, children. And so we're going to look into some of these stats, but there's a lot of things that contribute. Um, Before we talk about the most common target in detail, Ula, what would Mm -hmm. you say is one of the catalysts, one of the things that is contributing uh, to 
an increase in not just trafficking of children, but just sexual violence in general. Well, depravity and depravity is fueled by the evil of pornography. I mean, we know how uh, regular uh, adult pornography affects marriages and even the way young people view sex. sexual intimacy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with an opposite sex or even the same sex. Yeah. Uh, uh, pornography really affects the mind and um, the outlook on this part of uh, human life. Of course, uh, child pornography. The more you watch pornography, uh, the more accustomed, I guess, you you become. Desensitized. Desensitized. Mm -hmm. And also, you get bored with the same stuff over and over. So that's why it gets more perverse. Feeding feeding the beast. Uh, Yes. And then uh, people get bored, so they are seeking new um, stimuli, new attractions. It's not normal. It's not health. First of all, it's not normal. It's not healthy. Uh, but it's not realistic. We are not designed to sit around in basements or sit around in our living Again, room couch. Yeah, and, and you don't have uh, uh, pornographic movies shown in cinemas where you sit around other people who can see that you're a pervert. Sure. Uh, you usually watch pornography uh, somewhere hidden, like you, you said, in, to, a, in a basement. Or- you have to watch it in private because there's shame attached to it, whether there's an admittance or not on the, on the part of the guilty party. Yeah. You have to do it in darkness. And that's why Jesus says men love darkness rather than light because yes. their deeds um, were evil. And so... You know, sadly, you know, the United States, there's bright spots. We are the the most charitable country by far in the world. Right. We're the largest exporter of religious materials, including primarily Bibles. We're the largest exporter of Bibles and the largest manufacturer, I believe, of Bibles. But beyond but at that, the same time. sadly, we're also the biggest consumer of pornography, and we're also by far the biggest manufacturer yes. of pornography, and sadly, it's reported even child pornography. So we're the yes. largest consumer of that wicked abomination. And speaking of child pornography, and uh, do you remember when we were in Cyprus and our friends who had the computer business and they were uh, servicing some yep. laptops and mm-hmm. actually we, the company that I worked for, we reported uh, yes. a few pedophiles yep. or um, just people who had child pornography on their computer. And those were our tech guys who were, uh, IT guys who were servicing the computers. Of course, every tech guy will uh, go over your pictures and videos because <laughs> this is like a, a thrill for them. Sure. But uh, when they found that, they reported to police and uh, we and had so they some, should and so they course, should I'm glad of course but that's uh, what uh, what's fueling this uh, industry of human trafficking because uh, just the child pornography is not enough for them they yeah. are seeking the thrill of uh, actually hurting a child yeah and so we know that Satan is ultimately behind it all um, yeah but he is He's, he is not large and in charge as, as much as people think. We believe that God is still sovereign and ultimately has is all-powerful. However, we know that Satan is the god of this world, and so naturally this world is going to continue to decline um, until Christ one day establishes his kingdom and does away with evil uh, for good. Mm-hmm. Now, back to the kind of the most common target. Uh, there, there are a lot of... Red flags, stops, uh, warning signs, indicators. Mm-hmm. There are ways that we can educate ourselves 
to be more sensitive and more and, and bring a greater level of awareness to potential trafficking. Yeah, what are the risk factors for human well, trafficking? The risk factors are probably what you would expect and, and already assume they are, but let's list them. Mm-hmm. Isolation, emotional distress, homelessness. Yes, poverty, family dysfunction, single-parent households. Substance abuse, we know that that, that is certainly on the rise. Uh, mental illness, learning disabilities, yes. developmental de- uh, delays, childhood sexual abuse, and of course, lack of support, lack of education. So basically, human traffickers, they prey on poor, impoverished communities, impoverished families, vulnerable children, runaways. Special needs children. A lot of, lot of things that we can look for, warning signs. What would you say are some of the... Well, there are physical. More obvious, yeah. yeah. There are physical warning signs and uh, verbal warning signs, uh, as well as emotional uh, warning signs. What would be some of the physical warnings? Well, you can see the more obvious, like uh, broken bones, uh, concussion, burn marks, bruising, cuts. You know, signs of torture or restraint. So all those are all the red flags that you can spot right away that the child has been physically abused. Or even an adult. If you notice a, a woman is wearing large glasses, maybe on a day. Darker where, glasses or, or covered with heavy makeup because she's trying to cover up the bruises. And funny enough, uh, you have a lot of cosmetics now that are saying that this is a perfect concealer because it covers the bruising. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's frightening. Frightening. Some of the traffickers, according to this source from Tim Ballard, will actually brand their victims. And like that's that. also in the movie, and mm-hmm. that was for me like, whoa, you know, they're tattooing uh, their victims. Again, I watched the interview with um, one of the organization's advocate who was talking about uh, this branding, and they used to brand them on the neck or the face so it was visible, like, this is my property, you can use it, but uh, this girl, this child, this boy belongs to me. And uh, because police is getting more aware what to look for, those signs, those brandings, they are branding them on the backs or uh, wherever it's not uh, obvious. Sure, or public. Yeah. So anytime you see a young person that maybe appears to be homeless or traveling with a backpack or uh, just seems to be you know out, out out in the public at strange times when most kids would be in school or most kids would be in programs mm-hmm. um, you know unkempt maybe maybe with new clothes or a brand new, Cell phone that yeah. just doesn't quite fit the Especially if they're from the poorer background and they have those expensive things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a red flag. You know, there's there's a lot of PTSD associated with, with trafficking victims. So we know that a lot of, well, I would say pretty much all the victims would, would certainly uh, wrestle with fear, mm-hmm, hopelessness, Those are the emotional warning signs. Even suicide. Right. Um, so... Because we're seeing such an increase in drug abuse and we're seeing the rise of things like fentanyl. In fact, very shortly in our county, again, we're having a fentanyl rally. We had a fentanyl awareness day recently, Mm -hmm. but we're also having a fentanyl rally. And they're educating the public, giving out free Narcon and things to try to to combat and and, and get to people before their their own mind, their own mental state overtakes them. But 
very often if you see people in public that appear fearful, anxious, paranoid, it certainly could be drug use, but it could mm-hmm. also be the fact that they are being watched, they're being controlled, they might have a Bluetooth in the ear, someone's telling them, you know, you go in the store, you get exactly this, you don't talk to anyone and you come straight out. And so mm-hmm. anytime you see people in an unusual rush and afraid to talk, afraid to make eye contact, these are all things that you can pay attention to mm-hmm. and try to, you know, notify um, a a manager if you or, see or something notify. say something always that's the biggest thing is, yeah. is if you see anything off anything that appears a little off always say something always you yeah. know tr- trust trust those uh, god-given uh, gut instincts and again you know a lot of victims uh, fall in love in a way with their uh, <clears throat> abuser they meet online sure. and uh, they are vulnerable because they're looking for love especially if they're coming from abusive household Uh, and they are, uh, it's the Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, they, they don't are even defending re- their abusers. So even if police or a well-meaning citizen approaches them and tries to help them, they will deny everything and not out of fear that they will be hurt by their abuser, but actually because they want to defend their abuser. Well, it, they don't realize that they're victims. That, yes. that's, the, that, that's probably one of the hardest groups to rescue is the ones that, that don't even realize they're victims. There right. are people who are being uh, manipulated and controlled, and maybe they have been given a new, you know, a new phone, a new car, new clothes, and they're like, hey, it's worth it because I have a horrible home life. I've had to run away. I've got abusive parents, or uh, my dad's never been around, or no one loves me. Mm-hmm. I'm bullied at school, and so they find you know new love. And so, anytime you see people bragging, especially young kids bragging about new job, money, um, possessions, having an older boyfriend or even an older girlfriend, yeah, uh, these are all red flags. Um, and and, and anytime the- you see young people that appear a little more sexualized, a little yes. more you know provocative, provocative, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're not talking about the what was it, toddlers and tiaras, where the mummies were dressing up those girls with full makeup and sure. uh, doing all the twerking and stuff. That's we're so weird. Talk- That's yeah, so it, weird. it is weird, but this is you know where uh, again all those pedophiles were just feeding on that. If there was no if if there was no appetite, they wouldn't have these things. Right. Like, why would you want to uh, dress your children? As an adult, why would you want them to dress provocatively at a young age? Mm-hmm. Who, who is your audience, and what is wrong with your audience? Yeah. Um, for school-age victims, you may notice the kids who all of a sudden just aren't attending school, always tired, seem more disoriented than usual, withdrawn. Um, you know, maybe they're always traveling, or maybe they're talking about going out of town. Regularly, yeah. and they cannot remember the details. Uh, like they don't which even know what town. city they're in. Yeah, yeah, they just remember that they were traveling. Uh, again, that makes me think of a movie Unbridled, mm-hmm. which covered um, trafficking and um, sexual abuse. So those girls um, will be having all those behavioral, emotional, and psychological mm-hmm. issues that are very easily to spot. And of course, again, uh, nowadays teenagers and uh, school-age children very often come to school tired because they are allowed to use social media till very late hours. Yes. They are feeding their mind, so they are more sexualized because of the social media trends. One of the things we can do as parents and 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 as grandparents and and anybody that is, 
you know, step parents, anybody that is um, in charge of children is certainly make sure you know who your children are talking to, make sure you know who they are corresponding with. The kids do not are not entitled to to privacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when they're underage, they do not. They're not entitled to privacy. They're certainly entitled to boundaries, yes, but not total privacy. Yeah. And so, um, know who they're talking to. Know what they're watching. Know what they have access to. Know who's liking their posts. Yes. Uh, have the ability. Who There's all following. kinds of software. There's all kinds of software that you can use. Uh, to keep up with this and to not spy. It's, I wouldn't call it spying on your kids. I would call it uh, being a good parent mm-hmm. and having technology. And if they want to call it spying, if they want to call it invasion, then so be it. One of the scariest statistics, just to get back to statistics before we kind of wrap this up, yeah, is the fact that we assume anytime you think of a trafficker, anytime you think of a pedophile or even just a just an old-fashioned pervert the first person that comes into your mind is an older um uh maybe a middle-aged man mm-hmm. a kind of big uh, balding with glasses uh, assuming you know <laughs> j- just a, a very uh, dark picture just just a horrible male image in your mind right but the scary thing is that according to 2018 statistics that 35 percent of people prosecuted for human trafficking. 35% of those prosecuted for human trafficking were, in fact, female. Right. And even in the movie, uh, the lady that was the main groomer mm-hmm. was a woman. Um, An attractive woman, a, a successful woman. I don't woman. remember where she's yeah. from. Or Miss Cartagena. Yes. Yes. And so very often you will see family members traffic their own children for drugs. Yes. So it has many layers. There are people who get addicted to a drug, and they will actually traffic their own children uh, to to uh, acquire their drugs. So it's just a, a very broken, horrible situation. What was the red pill moment for you when we were watching the movie, like, uh, or anything related to this topic? I would say that it can happen to anyone, that rich, poor... Uh, old, young, in yes. the United States, in, uh, from a good family or from a broken family, that anyone at any time has the potential to be trafficked and to fall prey to yes. some level, some form of trafficking. So we have just reminded to be vigilant and to stay vigilant and to know that it's not getting better. The trend is not going the opposite direction, mm-hmm. sadly. Uh, pornography use, the demand for even child pornography, the demand for um, uh, sexual slavery is continuing to spiral upward. Is to trend is trending upward, and so that's the thing. Now, we don't want to end on a on on a negative uh, fault, on a negative point. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about in closing how do we end. Human trafficking. And now, is it even possible? Is it possible to end human trafficking? Now, we know we're in a broken world. Yes. And it may not be possible in our lifetime or even in our children's lifetime to see a, a complete end of human trafficking. But there are things that we can do politically. There are things we can do logistically. There are things we can do practically. There are, there are things that can that can certainly slow down the trend and we're going to get to the ultimate answer but yeah 
Well, we, after we watching believe, a movie, you mm-hmm. know, I immediately thought, close the borders, build the wall. Secure borders. Seriously, yes. That is just one practical step that our that our legislators, our governments, our federal government, our president could easily do. We could secure our border so that it's yes. harder for traffickers to pass through the point of entry. And not not just for the traffickers, but even for any vulnerable child, because any time a child passes our border illegally or anywhere else for that matter, that child has already uh, the the statistics are just overwhelming. That child has already been a victim. Yes. Of of uh, of sexual violence and certainly physical violence, and the, I mean the odds are against these poor children. That are and, and women, for that matter, also that are trafficked into the country. So they're already a victim several times before they even make it here. So if we can secure our borders, then that is one bright spot, and that's one thing we could we, we, we could we could do. What else do you think? Well, we can talk about increasing severity of punishment for possession and distribution of child porn. I mean, you know, our previous president, Trump, he, he suggested even the death penalty for all human traffickers. Mm-hmm. And listen, I know vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. But as a dad, as a husband, you know, it, it requ- as a human being, as a human being, um, I, I, I personally believe that someone who is a trafficker, uh, I think they have lost their rights to exist in this world and they should be uh, taken out yes. indiscreetly, you know. And reasonably humanely, I mean, I, I in my I, flesh, I, I would say, uh, yeah, torture. give them the that's what I would, their own I mean, that's medicine. what a dad wants to give them a taste of their own medicine. Yeah. But we leave the vengeance to God, and we know that if God judged all evil, every evil thought, every evil deed, none of us would be spared. And that's why Jesus came uh, to ultimately pay for the sin of the entire world. But yes, we believe that the the punishment for even possession and distribution yes. should be. Absolutely severe, and I don't. I, I think all people involved with this industry should be sh- should be castrated, and should not mm-hmm. see the light of freedom again. Uh, that they they should stay behind bars. Now, uh, what we ultimately want to get to is this: is I know it's dark. I know that it, it seems like there's no hope on the horizon. There's no there's no light. However, ultimately. We know the answer is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is ultimately the answer. Uh, We know that Jesus lived a perfect life. He's God. He was God. He is God. He came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He was never uh, tempted with evil. Yes, the Bible says he was tempted in all points, like as we are yet without sin. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he knew no sin. He committed no sin. And then... uh, he died on the cross. He was nailed to a cross. He shed his blood on that cross. Um, the first thing, the first words that came out of his mouth on that cross was not, I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to kill every evil person. The first words out of the Savior's mouth on the cross was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So that's ultimately the heart of our Lord and Savior is to uh, bring restoration and forgiveness of sins. But he... He took our place on that cross. He was buried, and on the third day, he rose again. And that ultimately is the only light that can ultimately defeat the darkness. And we know that his kingdom is coming one day. He is going to establish his kingdom. He's going to eradicate evil once and for all. 
Uh, but it is ultimately a matter of the heart, and it's ultimately a matter of people hearing the gospel, understanding the gospel, receiving the gospel, and being gloriously transformed by the gospel. Then we will see the demand for pornography decrease. We will see the demand for drug use decrease, and we will see uh, the darkness being overcome by the light. And like the movie said, God's children are not for sale. Thank you for listening.